the next monster that we have on the roster is also kind of a chimera, but it's never two things at the same time. Oh, no, but it's totally a chimera. Just like, I mean, what's another name for it? Uh, a were- uh, werewolf? Werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> Their castle. Their castle. Still one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie. Okay. Still one of the funniest movies in the entirety of cinema. It's true. Okay, so <laughs> Young Frankenstein aside, werewolves are super cool. We all know them. Uh, recently, there was a, a Wolfman remake that didn't do so hot, but they're bringing back all the other like Universal monster movies, so it might get a remake again several years later. Wait, how recently are we? Are we talking like as recent as that uh, Mummy Tom Cruise? No, not that recent. As recent as like um, Van Helsing kind of recent. Oh, so like... Oh, but like between Van Helsing and now. Early 2000s, uh, the Benicio Del Toro one. Yeah, yeah. With like Danny Elfman composing and like Liv Tyler probably in it again. Probably Anthony Hopkins, something, something like Kate that. Kate Beckinsale's probably in it, I don't know. Kate Beckinsale's always in it, I mean Underworld. Yeah, she's fantastic. Or... Uh, also werewolves. Or, or Van Helsing, also werewolves. Yeah, werewolf. Twilight has werewolves. And Kate Beckinsale. And Twilight does not have Kate Beckinsale. I switched topics on you there really quickly, but werewolves are a super big part of today's culture. As is Kate Beckinsale. As she is. As she should be. As she should. You know what? She's a great actor. So talk about her sometimes. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet, tweet her sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this episode's on, on Kate Beckinsale. Trending. This episode's <laughs> definitely on Kate Beckinsale. No, that's on werewolves. So the werewolf is actually doing some like research because we're like, oh yeah, werewolves. Everybody knows that. We found out that werewolves are actually a lot or were a lot different than how they're portrayed today. Right? As is most cases with any monster, right? Like vampires and so on and so forth. Yeah. So... We looked into some werewolf stuff and we found some pretty interesting things. Like, for one thing, they don't get their powers from being bit. At least not old school style. Oh, yeah. Well, all your general werewolf lore from things like the Wolfman or uh, American Werewolf in London or, you know, the acclaimed classic Werewolf of Fever Swamp. Yeah. (laughs) The Goosebump story. Um, A Goosebump story. (laughs) Actually, werewolves are really, really old, right? Like, to the, the beginning of storytelling itself. Yeah, oh yeah. So if you want to go back into it, werewolves are as old as stories, as recorded history, as as long as mankind has been telling stories and as long as they've been writing them down from the very first story, it includes werewolves in it. This idea, this whole fantastical creature that has permeated throughout history. Boy, you talking the epic of Gilgamesh? I'm talking the first recorded story, son. Look it up. <laughs> it is the epic of Gilgamesh. It's actually a really cool story. I do recommend looking it up. It is actually... <laughs> okay, so if you don't know about the epic of Gilgamesh... No, we cannot get into this. Go that, look it up on your own. It's great. It's to- it's going to be its own, its own episode. Lord, yes. Because every story throughout history, from the Bible to you name it, every story owes something to the epic of Gilgamesh. Because it was the first written story, son. The first written story. Like ever. So in the epic, they talked about werewolves because uh, Gilgamesh, he's this king. It's Babylonian times and he meets the goddess Ishtar. She is portrayed as kind of a bitch in uh, the epic of Gilgamesh. She takes on a lot of lovers. And if you love Ishtar, you're going to get fucked. Yeah. Um, nothing good ever happened to her lovers. And it was always something that was like, you know, if they were really strong, then they were stuck in a pit. Like, it was always something that was against... It was like a cruel, unusual punishment. It was a cruel irony. Like, this story did not just invent werewolves and also storytelling. It also invented irony. 
So what she did was she took on a human shepherd as a lover. And uh, when she was done with him, you know, just, just wiped him away like a Kleenex. She turned him into a werewolf so he would attack his flock and fellow shepherds. Mm, yeah, so it's kind of like, a, you know, the cruel irony thing again. Oh, just toast. Like the thing that you protect in life, you uh, you eat when oh. you're a wolf. Oh, yeah, it's the cruel irony. So that's the first case of somebody, like, actually turning into a wolf is because of a spell from basically a witch, right? Yeah, this angry goddess uh, uses her powers to turn this man into a wolf. And thus we have the birth. Ow! Werewolves of history. Bum, 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 bum. Werewolves of history. So you have the birth of the werewolf idea. And this this doesn't just die here. It continues oh, no. on into the, the modern day. And it permeates throughout cultures across the world. Like, specifically in France and Germany, where you have, like, those deep woods, you know? There was a whole bunch of werewolves stories because wolves are actually a pretty, like, scary common thing back in France and Germany. Oh, especially back in the day, you're talking medieval times. Yes. What, uh, not werewolves, but wolves. wolves themselves used to be a lot more common. They and used to eat people. A all lot the more time. of a threat. I mean, people will, you know. Because they're poor peasants in the medieval times. Exactly. What do they have protecting themselves? Like pitchforks and. You're mostly um, the surf class. Their faith. Like, yeah, they're all nothing. serfs. They're protected by knights who are definitely not protecting them. Right. So. Werewolf stories started to become really popular in France and Germany, and there's a few that kind of stand out as like specifically kind of like a witch a witch hunt, but werewolf style. Oh yeah, and and you're talking. I mean, this time period that we're talking about is kind of Middle Ages, about 15th century France. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this one case I wanted to bring up, and it's uh, Giles Garnier of Dune. I said I said it like that because the the hair commercial. You know, it, Garnier. It, yo, Garnier is correct, <laughs> wasn't it? Is it? Wouldn't it be like Gilles? Probably. I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not French. Yes. I don't claim to be French. Uh, yes, Garnier. Duos. Yes, of Duos. Um, and he was this kind of like hermit that lived in the woods and everyone kind of hated him. You see what the witch hunt story is coming in, right? So it was a harsh winter and he went looking out for food, but there wasn't much food. And apparently he attacked... Like, according to certain accounts of the time, because there was, was actually a trial case that was written down on this um, village. Oh, yeah. This is... The the times of the werewolf scare are actually very well documented and recorded. I mean, the whole reasoning behind, like, executing someone for being a werewolf is just, you know, stupid shit. Yeah, that but, we're up now. But then it was a very real concern. So they're like, hey, I saw a wolf and I also saw Garnier in the same place. Yeah, they actually have, like, Several court... Several hours later. They would actually have, like, court proceedings same of this. Same person. Yeah. So, uh, the thing is, is that he allegedly strangled and murdered children, about, like, four or five of them. But why? For food. Yes. It was kind of considered that he was going out murdering children who worked on farms, you know, or were walking home or in vineyards was commonly put up. And he murdered them by strangling or, like, you know, injury of some other kind. And then he would actually, like, peel away parts of their skin or take, like, a leg or an arm home to feed himself and his wife. And people first would say that, oh, he's in his wolf form when he's doing this. So they, like, saw him as a wolf. Which is interesting because they were like kind of piecing that together. And then eventually they finally saw him as a human doing this murder act and illegible cannibalism. So they brought him in and he testified uh, with like torture and stuff because, you know, that was totally common. 
Uh, oh yeah, nobody confessed to crimes. <laughs> you can see this is very much a witch hunt episode. Unless right? it was under like torture of the rack and other just for sure horrible, crude medieval uh, interrogate. <laughs> um, you know what's the word? Enhanced inter- interrogation techniques. <laughs> so he was like, "I did it!" And he uh, it's like, "I'm a werewolf. I fucking did it. I ate those babies. Yeah, I ate those. I specifically children. I don't know why a." peasant in 16th century French woods would ever be so hungry as to do this, but I did it. When weren't they so hungry to do this? Bring out your dead, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he did confess to this, but the interesting thing is, you know, in modern times, we kind of mentioned it before, that werewolves are passed on by bite, right? As or is the, the, or the, the, the mark, curse. The yeah, cur- yeah. Or the mark of the werewolf is kind of a thing. Um, so... For him, he claimed to have met like a spirit in the forest that offered him this ability to change into a hunter so that he could feed him and his family, uh, his wife and his family. And he took the offer because it was a tough, you know, a tough winter. And this was like a spirit whose main game is like Satan, you know, like tempt the devil kind of a thing. It, well, yeah, you meet a spirit in the woods and you're a starving, hungry French peasant in, in the 16th <laughs> don't, century. Don't ever co- cohort with spirits in the woods. Like, the, let's just set that ground rule down. Just say just no. Just say no. It doesn't, it's never worth it. So he transforms him into a wolf, which is common in the parts of France. Um, and he murders people. And then he was killed. He was dragged through the streets after his trial because he was found guilty because he confessed. He was dragged through the streets and burned at the stake. As is custom. As is custom. Actually, as is custom. It's not like they had silver bullets and that whole explanation. I wonder when silver bullets ever became a thing, because we didn't really come across that in the notes. Like, I, I now wish we did. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we did fairly in-depth research we into, into the history of... We should of, see our notes! And we will eventually share our show notes in the future. Um, they're, like, legit. Oh, they're, they're very legit. They have references. Yeah, right? Like collegiate people we are. The original werewolf lore often shows that it's not a bite, it's not a, you know, a bite or mark of some kind that spreads it or scratch. It's really some sort of deal made with a devil or an angry god or goddess. Right. You're either cursed with it, you're given a magical item, or, uh, yeah, or you make a deal with the devil and you sell your soul. It's very much so like witch powers is kind of at the same point in, like, getting these powers. Yeah, so even... Even as far back as uh, Greco-Roman times, going back to antiquity, they had their own werewolf stories. And it's where you get the word lycanthropy is from that. And in that, in the story that uh, pervades through that period, uh, it was either Zeus or Jupiter who places a curse upon this Zeus king. Jupiter. Uh, Jupiter or oh, Juice. Zeus-Biter. No, you're right, Juice. It's Juice. <laughs> what? I, it's... <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it, guys. We've won mythology. Uh, anytime you're not sure whether it was Zeus or Jupiter, Jupiter. Just say it was Juice, and everyone will know what you're talking about. It was the god Juice, <laughs> who tur- who there was there was this king, King Lycaon. I wonder where this is going. All right. He gets this visitor, this traveler, and he suspects that this travel, this visitor is not who they say they are. I think they're an immortal. So, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to feed them people. 
Why would you do that? That's what you do when a guest is... When you think a guest is immortal, you're like, you know what they'd like? People. That's a weird fucked up way of thinking. I'm sorry. Apparently, it's not what they would like. Yeah. Because uh, Juice has this... They, they like, take a bite out of this people. Juice was not drinking that Kool-Aid. Juice was like, excuse me, I'm on a diet. <laughs> of course Juice knows what people taste like. He's had it before. They've definitely had it before. <laughs> uh, it was also overcooked. Oh. Um, but anyway, so so Juice is pissed. Juice decides, all right. So if you're gonna feed, if you're gonna feed me, man. If you're gonna try and get me to eat man, I will transform you and maybe your sons into that which eats man. I'm gonna turn you into a wolf, king lycanthropy. What? That's right. Because the root of lycanthropy, which is, you know, kind of the, like, fancier way of saying, like, werewolf's disease, right, right. or even, lycanthropy is also the delusion. It's like a medical delusion it that is. someone's a werewolf. Yes, people have actually suffered from this in, like, mental hospitals before, um, before it was really, like, diagnosed. Like, severe depression or schizophrenia or something can lead people to assume that they turn into a wolf. Like, yeah. That their physical attributes that they're seeing right now are wolven. Yeah, they think that they become a wolf and this, thus this is a werewolf and so they call it lycanthropy. That's so cool. And all of this originates from this story uh, written by the Roman poet Ovid in the first century. We're talking old, old times ago. And it's... Old times ago. Old times ago. You might ago. even say ancient. You might even say <laughs> antiquity. Oh. In this King Lycan which from that you get lycos, uh, which is Greek for wolf. Mm-hmm. And you and you combine it with anthropy, which is human. So you get your wolf man. Yeah. And this, you got to wonder what the ancient Greeks were thinking or seeing back then that would make them kind of piece together the origin of a wolf man. I bet you Ovid got a copy of the Epic of Gilgamesh. Probably. He probably was. He was, he was learning. Or maybe uh, there were werewolves. Maybe there still are. The story still pervade today. Of course there's werewolves. For sure. For you just don't know them. For sure. <laughs> so going back to this whole like werewolves. Oh no. Ow. Werewolves used to be the serious thing in the same way witches of Salem and uh, early Yeah, people were scared shitless. Early of werewolves. American and puritanical European They they were real things. Ideas. Like they were scared of werewolves just as much as people who were ignorant and afraid were scared of witches. Mm-hmm. So also back in the times of France and Germany, you had other people who were convicted of similar crimes. And there was oh, sure this full the time, on right? scare uh, where people and we're talking, I mean, horrendous crimes of the time. Like, I do not think these were these crimes were committed by people. Or they it's were true. A lot of these could have been actual wolves, but people want like a scapegoat to feel safer too. I actually, I actually misspoke. I don't think these crimes were committed by wolves. I think they were committed by just fucked up people. It's true. Serial killers can be real brutal. So yes, throughout uh, history, like modern lens aside, you know, during this time, during like the small European Ice Age, during all this time. Wolves are more violent and prevalent in Europe, and they do kill people. Mm-hmm. But it's truthfully, it's people are looking for some sort of scapegoat in, you know, the horrendous acts of other people. They're like, no, there's no way a human could have done it. They have to have they made have to a pact with the devil beast. and become a the beast. beast. The be- they have to have <laughs> become the beast because it's far scarier to imagine a person capable of these crimes. Yeah, you don't want to face that reality. So it's like, oh, of course they transform into a wolf. So you had... 
you had a whole scare. And this scare, like, was even commonplace in books, like, in uh, Robinson Crusoe. Yeah, I recently read Robinson Crusoe, by the way, guys. <laughs> and um, it was actually this part that he mentioned, and I was like, what the fuck? And so I had to ask Christian about it and, like, look at it. And Robinson mentioned that he was really nervous about going over the mountains in France because he was scared of wolves, but also of wolves that stood on two feet is how he kind of described it. And I like had to pause for a moment and it was like so just kind of thrown in there casually on like no explanations. And I was like, wait, does he mean werewolves? Oh, sure enough, Daniel Defoe is referencing because he's a contemporary at the time. It's like a few a few years earlier or so that like this whole werewolf panic kind of started to die down. But werewolves were a real thing back then. If you traveled through France and Germany, you had to be like, shit, guys, are we going the route with the werewolves? Because we want to avoid that, if at all possible. So he was even willing to get on a boat, which he like said that he hated. And the boat was obviously what marooned him on the island in the first place. So he was willing to risk being marooned at sea again to avoid this werewolf thing. It wasn't just in his head. It was something that was a very real danger, like robbers on the road, right? And I was just like, this is in Robinson Crusoe. Like, how cool is that? You can, like, match a time and a place to this this setting. It's like, he's writing in the contemporary time of Daniel Defoe. Yeah. And that this was an actual serious issue in France. People were scared. Yeah, werewolves were a thing. And, like, he kind of just mentions it so casually. I had to pause and look it up. I was like, what? Did, like, Robinson Crusoe really just mention werewolves? <laughs> I mean, when you've, got, <laughs> when you've got stories like uh, the werewolf of Dole, you've got the Bedberg werewolf, um, Stube of Germany, like, a similarly horrifying case. You've got all these cases and just, like, the courts and the news, and it's actually saying these are werewolves in, mm-hmm. like, respectable... And you had werewolf hunters. Yeah, you had people who claimed to be werewolves. And through this time period is where you get kind of the whole, uh, the Brothers Grimm and their stories... Right. ...sprout out from a lot of this time period, especially in France and Germany. Right, Germanic stories of Brothers Grimm, you know? So, yeah, werewolves were a big issue back then. It was a hot-button issue. And uh, even to the point where, like, not just farmers on the outskirts knew about werewolves and were concerned about them, right? It was actually, like, nobility had an interest in werewolves. I mean, if you're talking about people people like Daniel Defoe, people who are educated, uh, well-respected authors, who we're still talking about today, they still put some stock in werewolves. Yeah, that's crazy to me. It's so exciting. Oftentimes, like, things like serial killings and horrible atrocities were, you know, they were thought to be werewolves. But there are, there's at least one story which is just fascinating where um, some speculation is that this boy was a werewolf at the time, but it was, uh, he was Peter the Wild Boy. Peter the Wolf? Peter the Wolf, or Peter, Peter the Peter Wild and Boy. Peter the Wolf, but Peter the Wolf. He's this uh, German boy who was found wandering through the woods. So that was Peter and the wolf. So Peter was, uh, and they never got his real name because he couldn't speak. Uh, so they can they referred to him as this. They couldn't speak at all. This was this uh, German wild boy who was found. He's around twelve uh, in the woods around Hanover, Germany, Ooh. and he was actually such a an oddity, a curiosity that they were looking at. So he became the pet 
of King George the First all the way through King George the Third, not the Third. Sorry, not the one that lost America. King George the <laughs> Second. Still. Yeah, and and this is like a really this is a documented ki- thing we found. So he kept this boy as a pet. Well, of course, it's British nobility. I mean, of- this werewolf as a pet, right? That's kind of what they were. So sometimes, sometimes people speculate that he's a werewolf, but more so, they talked about this was a wild boy, um, and this was. This was this pet who, you know, he's this, like, 12... He's this teenage boy who he's running around. They try and put clothes on him. He won't keep them on. He's just, like, in the court. He's, like, stealing kisses and pickpocketing and trying to take food from people. And he can't speak. They try... They try like, hard to, like, teach him, cannot. to civilize him, to do the whole Tarzan with him. And it doesn't... Gorilla. <laughs> it, 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 it's me... Me, King George, me, his me, royal, King George the, me, the his first. royal majesty, <laughs> King George the first of his name. You, Peter. You, Peter the wild boy. No, not even just Peter. You, <laughs> Peter. And didn't work. Yeah, he couldn't learn to speak so, or understand language. But this was, and he was such a thing of the court. You know, he's a pet. He's like having a tiger in the court. It's this oddity that all the nobles and visiting monarchs want to see. Like people this, are always interested in weird ass shit. They want a circus. Like, they want a circus. They want a zoo. They want. There's to be, like a thing that's saying like modern day people have this macabre interest. No, people have always had this fucking macabre interest. People are out humanity. People are as we've said. Like people have been fascinated and just always entranced by this whole werewolf mythology throughout history and all around the world. So you have this Peter the Wolf and... Or Peter, Peter the Wild Boy more more so. And he's... This is during the Enlightenment and he literally becomes such an object of debate that you have thinkers and writers like Daniel Defoe and Jonathan Swift of the time Ooh. who write about Peter... And they ask like, what it means to be human because there's this boy, you know, found in the wild who can't speak. He can't be civilized. He is, by all intents and purposes, a beast, but he's human. Yeah, and I'm sure, like, that he probably had a better life than if he did in the woods. But still, like, he was on a probably a leash. He probably oh, slept yeah. on the ground. He had a collar. He was he he was he was a pet on the ground. He like, was look at your cat. He was a or royal pet. That was him. But this was a, this was a person, and he was a person who was different at the time. Uh, they speculate now it's either very early case, you know, one of the first recorded cases of something like um, uh, very severe autism, or even what's called um, I think it's Pitts, Pitts Hopkins, Hopkins or Hopkins Pitts. Sorry, it's it's been a few it's been a few drinks. Um, <laughs> one of those diseases in which uh, developmentally disabled and they're unable to develop speech to communication. All just through, cannot. just they can't do it, and this would make sense as to why, like a German peasant family, probably dumped him in the woods and left him. Yeah, you know, you can't work at the age of five; you're useless. It's a cruel, cruel <laughs> 18th century world. You can't till the farms, boy. You're useless. It. You're six. No excuse. And yet he became famous and was this pet, and actually lived a long life. Like he died at 72 and was pretty well looked after. I mean, he obviously like. 
his excitement and all the fever of this wild boy died down. Yeah. But they they actually sent him to a nice farm upstate. And he Did didn't... they, though? Is it, like, the farm upstate that you tell your, like, kids that the goldfish you went to? Oh, Like, I... oh, yeah, he went to the farm upstate. Like, he's doing fine. I'm sure if, like, during the revolution, George Washington <laughs> asked King George III, like, hey, tell me about that pet you had as a kid. And he's like, oh, he went to a nice farm upstate, old yeah. Peter the wild boy. <laughs> he's in a nice farm upstate that took him out back. And then he's just like, give me back my colonies. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, he went Peter, to upstate New York. <laughs> That's where he went. Peter the Wild Boy actually <laughs> had a nice ending. and um, That we know. That we know. And it's just like, these are well-documented cases of this whole fascination with wild people and the unknown and monsters. Ow-woo. And, you know, thinking like, oh, he's some sort of wolf boy. Some, and they speculated he was, maybe he was raised by wolves or bears or something like that. Oh, he's like Romulus and Remus. Exactly. I, all the way to the Roman story. The, Guys, wolves are super cool. The founding of Rome was wolves, uh, she-wolves. And yeah. and Norsemen with the berserkers. We kind of mentioned a little bit that berserkers in Norse, Norse culture um, were sometimes referred to as literal wolves. That they like transformed into wolves to fight people or bears most likely wolves um and they wore like wolf skin hats and stuff to kind of give them a ferocious appeal so all throughout history and including in norse mythology as we've talked about before uh you have the idea of the men transforming into wolves is uh it's in there um in uh, the saga of the Volsungs, and is even referenced in the Vol story song. of, of Defend- Beowulf. Defenders of the universe. <laughs> Volsung. Volsung. Defenders. Ah. <laughs> right, so. It's the story of Beowulf. Uh, of men, you know, kings and sons, uh, fathers and sons, finding these magical wolf pelts that allow them to transform into be- into these beasts and hunt and kill people and eat and eat and eat. And it's, you know, this story of man transforming into a beast, not only wolves or bears, like we talked about the Vikings, but all throughout all cultures, all mythologies, you have stories, myth- mythological stories in Africa of men turning into crocodiles or, or lions or leopards. You have stories in China of people turning into tigers, stories in Russia, people turning into bears. Uh, all throughout you know, every continent, everyone's got the story of man turning into a beast. Yeah, and that kind of leads us into our next and final monster for this part, which is Native American legend of somebody, a human, turning into something that they're not. And that is the skinwalkers. Yeah. So not only do you have this idea uh, going around Europe at the time, but even uh, pre, you know, uh, Native American peoples, uh, Mesoamerican, like pre-colonial times, uh, the Navajo people had this idea of the skinwalker. Yeah, which was super cool because the skinwalker was some high priest who had become kind of like corrupted dark mage kind of kind of jiving. Uh, and they went and they did their totems and they did like perversive chants. Again, kind of like a witch, like communing and using their powers for dark like spells. And so these skinwalker or these uh, totem priest people of uh, their culture who were using their powers for evil could actually shapeshift their form into another, mostly another animal, 
like a coyote was a common one because that's like the trickster kind of god. And, and also just like the animals that kind of pester and attack people the most. Yeah, so and, you Yeah, coyotes, coyotes, mountain lions, wolves, mountain lions, bears. Yeah, stuff that you find in like, you know, America. And so <laughs> eagles sometimes scout like gouging out eyes, bunnies, very very scary bunnies night. with little sharp teeth. Oh yeah, night night of the the lupus. Night of the lepus. Lepus. The lepus. Oh yeah, lupus is still wolf. Yeah, we're still talking <laughs> werewolves, people. <laughs> so skinwalkers are interesting because um, not only could they transform into animals, these shaman were supposedly also able to transform into people, um, which kind of like comes up in more modern mythologies of it, uh, where you know people transform into other people. In a book that I read recently, Rebel of the Sands, she kind of like takes it in a different way where it was uh, a skinwalker that kind of uh, consumes another person's body and becomes them. So again, it's somebody who is impersonating a person who's not actually them. And that kind of happened in the Native American culture. And how you could banish them, which was super cool, is you had to know who they really were. You discover like what their secret identity was. Yeah, you had to be like... Jonah John Jameson, it's you. But you couldn't say that when they were in their actual form. You had to say it when they were skinwalking. Yeah, yeah. If you, if so you, you had to like point at a turtle and be like, "I fucking knew Rob it, Belcher. It's you. I fucking knew it was you." And then the turtle would be like, and then they'd die or and explode or something. I don't know. And if you called a turtle by a name and it died. Well, either a you're a magical uh, a priest have a name. or you've discovered a skinwalker. Right. So you just shout random names at like animals and other people. And then if they like scream and explode, you found a skinwalker. Moral of the story, every animal you meet, it ne- an animal needs a name. Yeah. Your cat, just look at them and start shouting random names at them. Give them a name. Yeah, many names, and then you find the right one, and then, you know, it's like saying Alex Trebek backwards, and he just, like, vanishes into the world. So, I'm doing that. <laughs> and that is how skinwalkers work. And it's really interesting, because it's kind of a uh, a little bit of a down-low secret that not many people really know a lot about. Kerbert Exela! Is that Alex Trebek backwards? I'll let you and the listeners decide. Well, we'll find out if he's hosting Jeopardy tomorrow, won't we? Um, <laughs> Skinwalker! Skinwalker! So. Ever since he got rid of the mustache, it's not the real one. Oh, yeah, you're right. That that was the telltale sign. Um, so, yeah, we didn't really have a lot of information beyond just kind of like what skinwalkers are and that they're kind of more so like boogeyman to children kind of a thing, it seems, as far as like the stuff I could find was like modern day lens is kind of like, you know scary stories for children kind of a thing uh moral of the stories kind of thing was that fables fables those are things yeah brothers oh. grim shit fables i mean aren't all myths and legends and and even stories we have aren't they all just fables sometimes yeah. all the way from the epic of gilgamesh this is fables it's like most stories were like don't fuck with the gods bad things will happen to you Every story has a With moral. With monsters, it's like, don't go in the woods. Bad shit will happen to you. Every story has a moral or some sort of theme. And if it doesn't, then, well, it's shit. Don't accept creepy offers from spirits that you meet in the woods. Don't talk to strangers in the woods. Let's just leave that there. If they're in the woods and they're a stranger, it's already weird. Don't talk to them. What if they have a dog with them? Nope, nope, don't do it. It's a wolf. It's a werewolf. 
I see people walking their dogs all the time in my walks in the woods. In the woods, though. That's so creepy. Like a single person and a dog. And they come up to you and they offer you shit. Yeah, because they're... No, they don't offer me... They don't offer me (laughs) the ability to be a hunter. We just kind of ignore (laughs) each other as if we were on the street, but it's the the wooded street. That's fine. It's when they come up to you and you're like, hey, hey kid, you want some power? You want some power to take on some people? But that's what I offer them. Oh, Jesus. Maybe you're the werewolf. I listened to the song today. It was good. Of course you did. I also listened to the Chimera Chameleon. (laughs) That's not a song. Is it? Chimera, 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 Chimera Chameleon. Nailed it. You come and go. You come and go. Colors are like my dreams. Lion, goat, and and snake. Lion, goat, and snake. You know, all the beasts that are... They're more than just beasts. The beasts! The beasts. They are multiple beasts. They are man and beasts. And they really blur the lines between what what separates us from the beasts. Right. That's what I want you to think about this Halloween. What separates you from the beasts? Is it your job? Your 401k? Is it your own inhibitions? Your dog probably has a 401k too. They're not telling you about it. They're just deceiving you! (laughs) They're a skinwalker! (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, uh, shout random names at passerby animals and people. Um, and read the Epic of Gilgamesh. It's God, the right? first story. Everything. Chaucer, Shakespeare, the Bible, the last book you read, Game of Thrones. It, they all owe the Epic of Gilgamesh. It's true. It was the first archetype of a hero's journey. Oh my gosh, we're not getting into this now. That is a separate thing. That is absolutely its own separate story. This is the first it. mythology. Yeah. It's the first written, it's the recorded, first, recorded story. It's the first hero leaves home story. We're going to get to that. It's literally the first book, guys. <sighs> read the first book. <laughs> but otherwise, I hope you guys have a safe Halloween and continue looking up fantastic monster stories because, oh my gosh, there's so many and they're so great. And I'm super excited. There's so many and it's like, we really only got to like two or three. But... I know, but there was so, once we like got the like research on it, we were so interested. Oh my God, just diving deeper and deeper into it. like The werewolf thing. I never knew that it wasn't just like a bite and silver bullet shit. It's other things. I didn't know how old it was. Like, as as long as we've been telling people stories, there's werewolves. Like, I'm sure someday we will find uh, in a cave in France, there will be like Neanderthal paintings of werewolves. Yeah, for sure. Especially in France. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're France and Germany, especially, it seems. So let that rock you by tonight that werewolves have always existed across multiple cultures and they were probably real. And if you don't have wolves where you are... That is probably like where tigers, where lions, no. where bears. Oh my. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You still have werewolves. Oh yeah. Of London. Ow! Werewolves of London. London. Yeah. Ow. Wait, wait, wait. Who's your favorite werewolf? Who's my favorite werewolf? Yeah, I mean, come on, oh, come on, come shit. on. Shit. Uh, Fernwood Greyback. Okay. Because I didn't get much of him in the book or in the movies. I love his name because it's the Norse werewolf. Oh yeah, the, we already talked about Fenrir. And he, like, is the sole cause of pretty much all the werewolves of Harry Potter, and it's fantastic. That's a good choice. Yeah, he's pretty good. Ah, yeah. Mine's Michael J. Fox and Teen Wolf. I actually never saw Teen Wolf, and I don't know his name in there. But (laughs) But I do love me some Michael J. Fox. I love how good Michael... I I, I could watch Michael J. Fox play basketball on YouTube clips all day. (laughs) He's actual Michael J. Wolf. (laughs) Mike... Michael J. He's Michael J. Silver Fox. (laughs) So... I, yeah. I'm a big Michael J. Fox. 
Jay Fox fan. <laughs> you fax him. You fax that fox. I, um, I send him a 20th century fox. <laughs> yes. Who is your favorite werewolf? You know, let's post, let's post the question. If you stay with us this long, who's your favorite werewolf listener? Oh, I thought you were talking to me. I was like, is it Michael J. Fox? No, I already asked you. Oh, okay. The listeners on listener land. Well, if it's not Michael J. Fox, please let us know. And yeah. if it is, please let me know. Yeah, we have something to talk about. You know, get Christian to actually watch Teen Wolf. Also, who's your favorite Chimera? I mean, come on. There's lots it, of Chimeras. It, Pegasus, it, Minotaur, all of them. Play it, word. Play. No! That's my favorite camera. Just kill you already! <laughs> okay, so I think that's a good place to stop. Mine's the Garyon from uh, like the eighth circle of hell in Dante's Inferno. Whoa, anyway. Just name dropping that shit. I, I could be wrong. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> Have a wonderful October. We'll see you for part three and four. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we might. <laughs> this is kidding. Happy Halloween. Just kidding. Happy Halloween all month.